Hey, everybody, I'm misled. All right. Well, yeah, um, I'm a story reader, not a storyteller. I just want to make that clear. All right. Thank you. All right. But I have dreams of myself as someone who is not good. And I wake up to memories of failure. I retreat from these visions into a solitude of books. Remaining in my room, shutters drawn against the air and sun, I turn my face to the wall and search its emptiness for a way out of this constant defeat. I am, as I was, and will be. This is the self alone, with no world to save or be saved by. That's Angela Trimble. She wrote that in 1847. Books are what saved me. They are always where I found myself. When I've lost my purpose, when I didn't know who I was, when I didn't know who I was becoming, when I didn't have friends, when I couldn't fathom an experience that matched my own, and when I was beaten beyond my own recognition, I've always found a story. A story I could lose myself in. A character to cling to that would take me far away from my own reality or make me honest about what my reality was and set me back on my path. Someone who had power when I felt defeated and someone who gave me a voice when I couldn't speak. See, books are a safe place to ignite your passion. Where I get to spark, that, that spark. I get, I get the spark that rekindles my flame. Well, I guess Ray Bradbury put it best. He said... There must be something in books, something we can't imagine. To make a woman stay in a burning house, there must be something there. You don't stay for nothing. See, as a kid, I stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Gangly, wild-headed, with a curly blonde mane, and just a little bit loud. Because... Because when nobody sees you, you have to make your voice heard. See, my mother was highly intelligent, creative, and broken. She never fit in that small town in Texas she came from, but she never left Texas either. She came from a family that valued boys above girls, expected the impossible from their daughter and nothing from their son. So... My grandparents successfully raised one crackhead son that didn't leave their house until they were dead and buried, and one alcoholic daughter whose only desire was to be loved. So she pulled the classic stop taking birth control <laughs> move and had me to keep my father, who consequently left when I was three. And there I was, a constant reminder of abandonment, and all her broken pieces stuck in me like shrapnel. You see, I was raised in Central Texas with no violence or war, except for the hands of my parent, but that was behind closed doors. And she told me I was stupid, and she raped my self-esteem. She said I wouldn't amount to nothing, because I was too extreme. Only a part of me believed her. Because, because I didn't do girl right. I didn't do girl right. The fact that I was a girl <clears throat> never entered my mind, but... It seemed to be on everyone else's all the time. I felt trapped in my girl's body because being a girl, having a girl's body seemed to me like it wasn't mine. It wasn't mine to wield, to do with as I pleased. 
I had to sit when I wanted to jump. I had to shush when I wanted to shout. <sighs> Not go on the swings unless I wore shorts under skirts. Cross my legs, put my hands in my lap, and generally become smaller and smaller and smaller. I was always something to be contained. I saw other girls, real girls, as something alien. Some secret society with too many rules that I would never understand. There was also some mysterious intimacy, some connection I was missing, some password I couldn't acquire. I couldn't figure it out, and it wasn't offered to me. So I'm really grateful for books. See, when I was eight, well, maybe nine, maybe ten, I don't really remember. <laughs> I came home to my mother, drunkenly sobbing in the bathroom. It was, it was after my second stepfather had left her. He had, it's really true, it, she's had seven. He had lost an arm. <laughs> Poor thing. All right. All right, hold on, this part's tragic. All right. All right. He had lost an arm. <laughs> yes, all right. In some industrial accident. And he, didn't, and he didn't think he could be a husband, father, provider anymore. His name was Monty. And I just remember he had a hook for a hand, like a pirate. Well, apparently, he had left a present for me in the bathroom, all right? And that was what brought forth the sobbing. In a delicate moment, my mother asked me if she could do my hair, which at this point in my life didn't even get brushed on a regular basis. But she was sad, so I relented. She plugged in the curling iron and started tugging out the tangles in a rough, sad, angry way, you know, mostly ignoring the grimaces and the squinched eyes. Occasionally, she'd jerk my chin up, tackle another section of my rat's nest. She was swaying precariously while simultaneously trying to straighten and coif my locks into some movie star hairdo that swooped across my face and tucked behind my ear. I was trembling because I was afraid of the hot curling iron being brandished erratically and so close to my face and crying because I could feel the pressure building between me and my mother. I felt trapped. It hurt, and she kept repeating... It's pretty, Sherry Lynn. The boys will like it. It'll make all the boys like you. Well, I snapped. I started shaking my head furiously from side to side, undoing all her careful work, and screaming, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it! I don't want the boys to like me, I hate boys! I grabbed my present before my mom could grab me, and I ran to my room as fast as I could, slamming the door behind me. Now, my mother must have run out of steam because she didn't follow me this time. And I tore open my present to discover The Adventures of Pippi Longstocking by Astrid Landgren. Now, in those pages, I found myself as I had always imagined myself to be. Here was a girl with wild hair, freckles, buck teeth, men's shoes, a horse, and a monkey. I still love monkeys. 
who lived by herself alone but never lonely. She boldly told adults when they were wrong. She acted like a person who knew their own mind. She had a father that was a cannibal king that always came when he was needed and a mother who was an angel. And she always said, don't worry about me. I'll always come out on top. She climbed trees. She had skinned knees. But mostly she had fun. Pippolata, Delicatessa, Window Shade, Mackerel Mind, E-Frame's daughter, Longstocking, said things like, please, ma'am, may a real lady's tummy gurgle? Because if not, I may as well make up my mind to be a pirate straight away. (laughs) She did girl right. And reminded me that even though I didn't fit, I could be anything I wanted. Because of Pippi Longstocking, books became my friends. They were how I discerned my truth from other people's false. They molded me when the adults in my life were incapable. Astrid Lindred said, a childhood without books would be no childhood. I have to say she was correct, because in my case it was true. If a child can find themselves in a book or a story then they can learn how to tell their own. Since Pippi, so many books have helped helped form me, have spoken to my soul. They've woven me into the the web of life like Anonisi, the spider. See, I became the storyteller for the New Orleans Public Library in that time that followed Hurricane Katrina. And... um, I witnessed again how something so simple as reading a story could bring great joy from pain and tragic loss. And how a common bond could be woven with words and images and bring momentary steadiness to a rocky reality. See, there's an important truth about stories. If they aren't told or written down, they disappear. And if they disappear, we forget who we are and why we are here. I love reading stories because that's when they come alive. I love drawing children into a different world until they can find their place in their own. And I love creating images that swirl over little heads and hang in their memories till next time. And I love seeing children find themselves or most importantly, find who they want to be. I love locking in little listeners with great emotion and setting them free with an ending they never saw coming. I love being brought to tears by the power of something so beautifully written that my heart swells uncontrollably and I continue to tell the story with tears in my eyes and that tremble in my voice. I love stirring ancient memories that even the youngest can feel in their bones. I love telling stories. I love bringing people home. 